0: Some Oklahoma fans have taken it a little bit too far, and they have talked negatively about the kid. And then rival fans have screenshotted it and they've put it out there. Recruits have seen it and not really knowing any better, and getting caught up in the, emo- the emotion of the moment, they've taken it and they've retweeted it themselves. And they said, "Wow, I don't want to go play at Oklahoma." Uh, Here's the thing about that. Don't fall for that stuff. My message to recruits would be, don't fall for that. There is no fan base out there that is made up of majority psychopaths. And conversely, every fan base out there has a small sliver of psychopaths. It is what it is. If you're going to play college football, you will not escape the fact that you're going to go play for a team where there are some people who pull for that team that are a little bit off their rocker. In no way does that reflect on the entire fan base. Well said by uh, Josh Pate, 24-7 sports. Yeah, I... And, and I don't think the, too many recruits are taking it all that serious. I, I, I know that there's been a few that have, quote, tweeted the message board genius uh, posts that they have. But, look, they were tweeting that out about uh, OU fans, what was it, Sunday, Monday, about the Zadavian Sims commitment to Oregon. I don't follow that page, but I'm sure Parker, they put something else out in the meantime about Tennessee or Georgia or Alabama. Like It was a big story at the time, I understand that. I just refuse to believe that OU's going to lose any recruits over uh, that post that went viral earlier this week.
1: Yeah, somebody on the text line already said, well, Texas Tech is majority yes. psychopaths, which well, is Well, and true. I
0: wrote that um, down because I agree with 99% <laughs> of what Pate said until he said there is no fan base that's made up of majority psychopaths. And that's really if what te- I want to explore here. If
2: Texas Tech is psychopaths, which I think they are, like I think that's a good – that's an apt description of that debased, you know, example of a fan base – what is Texas A and M? Just delusional. It's a cult. I mean,
0: cult is the first word that comes to mind for me. Um, really? Does that make them a psychopaths? If it's if it's a cult,
2: I don't know. They're just they're so they're delusional, right? They're just yeah. completely off their rocks. I actually think Texas Tech has a very. Uh, I think they have might have a more legitimate perspective of where they rank in the world of college football. Yeah. And they, so th- they know
0: who they are. And they they know who they are well. Sure. So they you gotta appreciate ha- that. About they it. just
2: have to be psychotic <laughs> about it because they're so terrible. You know, they're not actually very good. But A and M thinks they're like a blue blood all of a sudden. You know, not all of a sudden. They've they've always thought they're a blue blood, and they're terrible. Well,
0: that's a good question for the text line today. Uh, Pate says there is no fan base that's made up of majority psychopaths. Now, I, I adamantly disagree with that. I could come up with about four or five fan bases that are majority psychopaths. Uh, uh, Psychotic fan base. Who does the text line think of immediately? Parker, you've got experience uh, getting batteries thrown at you. So is that the easy answer here? Are you going somewhere else? Okay,
1: like just to be clear, the battery, I don't think the battery was thrown at me. It was thrown at the OU bench. I just happened to be walking behind the OU bench. No Texas Tech fan would have a reason to throw a battery at me, very neutrally dressed on a chilly night in a heavy black Carhartt coat and carrying a telephoto lens. So, I don't think the battery was thrown at me. I put that tweet out just to illustrate the fact that there are batteries flying, and, of course, we all know what happened next. From my encounter on social media with Texas Tech fans, like, here's the thing. Every – like, there were no rational Texas Tech fans that engaged with my tweet. There were no rational Texas Tech fans that came to my defense or even called out their fellow cactus emojis – in the uh, in the comment section like no this actually happens like let's be realistic here let's be honest cool it no all of them were completely zealous in getting in my comment section and going why on earth? why would you say this we don't throw batteries we've never thrown batteries they've never been proved that we threw a battery and so based on that interaction with uh, literally hundreds, you go back and look at that tweet, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of replies from Texas Tech oh, yeah. fans all saying the exact same thing. You have no proof. We've never done that. Why didn't you take a picture? So, yes, I am willing to draw the conclusion that Texas Tech fans are majority psychopaths. I don't really feel qualified to speak on any other fan base because I haven't experienced their psychopathology to the extent that I've experienced from Tech fans. But Josh Paid hit the nail on the head. Every fan base has them.
0: I'm going to go with the low hanging fruit on this one. I'm going to go LSU majority yeah. psychopath. You know, yeah. you know, we talked about BYU uh, not drinking alcohol. Well, LSU fans make up for BYU fans and any other fan base that doesn't drink all that much. Yeah, they think, think it's a requirement there.
2: Yeah, when we when when other fan bases are getting IVs the the, the day after to recover from a. You know, recover from a hangover or whatever, their IVs actually include alcohol. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that, there's so I a
1: bourbon in there. Yeah,
2: that is, they, are a, they are functional alcoholic psychos, if that makes sense.
0: Santa John LSU has their fair share of psychos. Uh, Ohio Suitor says easily LSU. Bo and Murray County says crazy fans LSU. Here's a 620 area code that says LSU. We got a Durant Lions from the 918. Oh, boy. Uh, 918, Oklahoma State, Miami, Texas Tech, Texas, and a female from Alabama. Yeah, we talked about the uh, Bama fan that uh, leaped on the OU fan. I think that was yesterday. That's who, that's who they're talking about there. Oh, during yeah. The uh, Sugar Bowl. The crazy Alabama yeah, fan. Yeah, she
2: was nuts. She was nuts.
0: I lived in Lubbock from 2001 to 2005. Tech fans are the worst. Uh, yeah, so Tech and LSU are getting... Getting all the hate right now. So yeah, Tech Tech would probably win the award for worst fan base that OU's leaving in the Big Twelve. Who's the Who's the best fan base that OU's leaving in the Big Twelve? Kansas State, Iowa State, Iowa State, probably Iowa State, probably Iowa State right? Yeah, that's what, what do you think, Parker? Hey.
1: Man, I in terms of fan base, I will say I've never had a bad interaction with a Kansas State fan. Um. I, the, the Iowa State, I mean, the, the, the farm schools, really, Kansas State and Iowa State, those are all relatively diplomatic, level-headed fans that have far less of a percentage of psychopaths than many other fan bases with which I have interacted on the internet, i.e. Notre Dame. But, uh, I, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if there's, like, one answer. I don't think there's one. Because
0: nobody shows up to Norman, so you never really get an accurate representation of the fan bases in this conference unless you go there. And, of course, going there is going to be the best representation most of the time anyway. But, like, no one ever shows up here for games in the Big 12, man. Like, SEC fans you will still get a pretty good gauge on how they act when they come here because they'll still bring five six seven thousand fans here but that's not like that in the, in the big 12 it can't
2: be kansas and it might not be because of football but because of basketball they disqualify themselves for being a classy cool fan base right yeah tcu TCU's clearly the best looking fan base though right
0: uh in my experiences i would tend to agree yeah with that so one, we've yeah. got
2: so maybe tcu is going to be the one we miss the most baylor baylor's not psychotic but they're annoying right i mean
0: Yeah, you just don't really respect them because I still grew up in the era where they were the Big 12 cellar dweller every single year. Yeah,
2: and they did not handle success well, nor did did Art Bryles. So Baylor Baylor doesn't hit the list. Of course, we're going with Texas. It's got to be one of the states, Iowa State or Kansas State. I think it's pretty simple. You know, it's just whichever one you, you know.
0: I just hope that we're comfortable around crazy because we're going to have to get comfortable around crazy here moving forward because we're picking out the select few fan bases that are psychotic in this league but arkansas fans are psychotic a&m fans if they're not psychotic it's a cold. it's it's something at least it's right something. whenever they are LSU fans, eighty-five percent of the text lines saying they're psychotic. And we haven't
2: made our and we haven't made our way over to Florida yet. Florida fans Holy are a bunch cow. of b
0: holes. Um, Tennessee fans, the Georgia fan, like we're going to have to handle crazy. Well, we
2: don't handle it well though. Our Twitter, our Twitter, Twitter world does not handle. <laughs> they're going to come you know how hard they're going to come after us Oh my god! and the ability to respond the, the ability to manage like some sort of semblance of reality is going to force us into the psychotic role because I don't think we're going to be able to mentally prepared to handle it.
0: I look I, I think it's going to be amazing atmospheres once OU rolls into the SEC I, I believe that the best of what an OU game has to offer I think that we're going to see that immediately in the SEC but dude w- with what you just said if Auburn or whoever from the SEC comes into Norman that first year and they're, you know, talking on Twitter like, Yeah, the Oklahoma Road trip, it was it was just okay. Oh. It wasn't very loud. It wasn't that great of experience. Oh dude. It's gonna be nuclear war on the on the interwebs. It's gonna be bad.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. God, I can't even imagine it. I mean it oh jeez.
0: There's going to be meltdowns everywhere on the uh, on the internet if that's crazy. But I think so, we're we'll going to
2: I think we're going to hang just fine though. I really do. I think we're going to I think we're going to put on a pretty good show, and I think people are going to be excited about wanting to come to Oklahoma to watch a football game, right? Uh, Especially I mean, if it, we it, get good. Especially it, if we can get good.
0: If they respect the history of the game, and surely the teams in that conference respect the history of the game, as Oklahoma being a legit blue blood, because that's the thing about the SEC. There's not a whole lot of blue bloods in that conference. Alabama's probably the only blue blood in that league right now. You know,
2: has Georgia not entered blue blood status? No, not to the me. Third, with a third national championship? I, no,
0: absolutely not. I, I think that they have to be more, uh, have more longevity at the top to be considered a blue blood.
2: Florida's got three national championships. They don't get to. Their, are they, they, they on fringe? Are they, they really with blue blood?
0: I mean, but they've been so up and down the past decade, and they really didn't get good until the '90s, right? So I think Bama's probably the only blue blood in the SEC. All that to say, like, if they respect history and all that, I I would think that they would, you know, appreciate Heisman Park and everything that's happened inside that stadium. At, At least I think. But I don't know. Maybe they come here with the intention of just trashing it. Who knows? I don't know. Ohio Sooner says an underrated psychotic fan base is West Virginia. I will definitely not miss them. Uh, Parker, I never made the trip to Morgantown. I don't know if you did. Can you confirm one way or the other about the uh, West by God Virginia fan base? Oh,
1: gosh. What do they call those? Uh, pepperoni rolls. There you go. Mm-hmm. There were pepperoni rolls being thrown. Not onto the field, but just in the st- – like there were pepperoni rolls being thrown between fans in the stands. And I feel like that pretty adequately sums up the West Virginia experience. Pepperoni rolls and to a greater extent flying pepperoni rolls uh
0: 620 and here in Kansas you don't have to deal with K-State fans believe in their own minds they think every 3 to 4 years they are blue bloods they are terrible uh 913 K-State was always great going back to in the 90s when they crush us they were even cordial when we dethroned them the aftermath of the Big 12 game where they beat us not so much ISU easily the best fan base yeah Iowa State they just seem like chill uh, country folk, just like yeah, whatever. Let's just all drink beer and have a good time. Yeah, we again, hope we win the game, but you know,
1: again, those are those are the ag schools, those are the farm schools for you, Iowa State and Kansas State. Those are two very harmless fan bases.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, harmless except that we had to play K State. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Right? I mean, with sure. the exception of actually G- games having to against play those them,
0: guys, haven't been harmless for the past oh, six years, unfortunately. They,
2: Kansas State as a school has probably caused Oklahoma fan more heartache. Almost any other school in the conference. Well, more than Texas. Even. Think
0: about it. What's OU's home record against Kansas State since 2012? You lost to them in 12. You lost to them in 14. You beat them in 16. You beat them in 18. Lost in 20, and then lost last year. Golly, OU's two and four at yeah. home against Kansas State yeah. since 2012. Yeesh, that's not great.
2: No, it's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible.
0: Blue blood requires five national championships, says the texture in the 918. I'm okay with that. I just, you know, you got to have at at least, I say at least three decades of success in your program's history is probably a good good entry point to if you're a blue blood or not. At least that, three decades. I I don't think that you can have uh, arrived, uh, you know, 10 years ago, essentially like Clemson and be considered a blue blood. I know Clemson won one in 1980, but still, still very new.
2: Texas fan is fully convinced they're a blue blood. Oh, I know. Kevin Miller, the uh, uh, Texas host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, is the most reasonable person I know. He's a great guy. He's He, he has a very balanced, he's not off the wall on this podcast. If you want to tune in and listen, he's great. He gives you some really good information, except for the fact that he believes Texas is a blue blood. And I just – I it blows my mind. It blows my freaking mind. Yeah. They're terrible. Point. They're terrible. Between them thinking they're a blue blood and the level of expectations they have every year, it's insane, the, the psychosis that Texas has to go through.
0: Well, he does work here at Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Terrible take about Texas being a blue blood, but he's a pretty good employee. Uh, Tell us what you do here at a gr- Brown O'Haver. Great employee.
2: employee, and you can give Kevin a call. You can give any of us a call at 405-735-5510. 405 We are adjusters for the insured, not the insurance company. So if you've been hit by a tornado, you've had a fire, a water loss, whatever the case may be, give us a call. Let us help you with your insurance claim. We take the burden off of you and we take it on to get you more money for your claim more quickly. We've been in business since 2006 and on average, we get our clients 30 to 40% more than they would get on their own. 30 to 40% more. That's, pretty good. That's real money, Tyler. Real you, money.
0: You don't get paid unless uh, the customer gets paid. We don't get paid
2: unless you get paid, We unless we increase your claim. So give us a call 405 735 5510.
0: Jay from Adil says, TBH, Tyler, we're probably the most crazy, obnoxious, psycho fan base in college football, and I'm here for it. Boomer. Um, yeah, well, here, here's the thing, though, with OU fans it, at least they set out to be nice to people. When they make the trip to Norman, like wh- whether it was Ohio State or, or Tennessee, you, know, you got a big non-conference games. I think OU fans sets out to be nice in those. We'll see if that changes or not in the SEC. I, think I don't think initially it will, but
2: I think we're good fans in real life. I think we're psychotic on the Internet.
0: Mm. So we're normal. We're normal. We're people, normal though. people. We're, we're just, the most normal fan base. in th- all of I think sports. that's
2: absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, I just remember that Ohio State trip which was obviously probably one of the best road trips I think any Sooner fan ever took, Ohio State fan was patronizingly nice, right? They thought they were going to win that game the entire time. And so they were so pleasant. Oh, thank you so much for me. You know, almost like this idea that we didn't even know people in Oklahoma could afford to come to Columbus and watch a game. Like, it was a little obnoxious, but they were nice. They were pleasant. They're buying the drinks. They're doing all that. The minute Baker plants that flag, they were absolutely insanely psychotic, and I feared for my life a little bit on 6th Street or 9th Street, whatever street that is that you walk down. Like, it was a little nerve-wracking. Sure.
0: Uh, Here's a take for you as we head into a break from the 405. You probably shouldn't go a quarter of a century – Without winning one, if you want to be considered a blue blood, Georgia is more of a blue blood than we are. They passed us. So do with that what you will, text line. Not true. On the other side, I, I got an interesting Michael Hawkins Jr. question for Parker Thune, and we'll hit more OU and college football on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home center fans. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast with us today as well. Bedlam baseball should be getting started around 4 p.m., the originally scheduled time. Uh, two games have gone final in Arlington, TCU run-rolled Kansas State 16-3, to and the eight-seed Kansas upset one-seed Texas 6-3. to That game is officially in the books. Bedlam baseball coming your way. In probably about 35, 40 minutes or so from uh, Globe Life Park out there in Arlington,
2: Tyler, does does Oklahoma need two wins to get into the NCAA tournament? That's what Skip was talking about this morning with Toby. He
0: thinks they need two. He
2: thinks they, he thinks they need two wins to get into the tournament to 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 feel completely safe about getting into the tournament.
0: Um, yeah, I'd say that's a good number. I I think oh and two, and you don't feel great. Um, one and two, and you're really nervous. I think. Two, you're pretty solid, confident, like, yeah, we're going to get into the thing, especially if one of your wins is over Oklahoma State in this first game, who's a good baseball team. But, yeah, I'd say two wins to feel totally confident most likely. Well, go ahead, Parker.
1: Yeah, I was about about to interject here because we already saw number one Texas go down today at the hands of number eight Kansas, and so that kind of opens things up significantly for a team like Oklahoma to make a run, assuming they can get hot and – We think back to the Big 12 tournament last year. Nobody really foresaw the run that Oklahoma made in 2022 through the Big 12 tournament. This is where they truly started to get hot as a program, and they'd been winning. They'd had, what, a five, six-week stretch leading into the Big 12 tournament where they were starting to play winning baseball. But it was this tournament in Arlington last year where that switch flipped This team caught fire, and it sent them all the way to the College World Series final in Omaha. So, I am inclined to believe that the Texas loss is a good omen, at least at the outset, before we've even seen the Sooners play an inning at the Big 12 tournament, that maybe we see some of the same themes that we saw last year play out this time around.
0: Yeah, well, they're going to have to... uh... Reverse the fortune against Oklahoma State. What are they one and three against the Pokes this year? And is, a few of those losses have been pretty
2: lopsided. Is the is the NCAA baseball set up similarly to basketball in the sense that they're going to get some guaranteed spots? Like, do we need to be paying attention to some of these non Power Five conferences? Yeah, and if sure. There's, and if there's upsets, yeah, then that blocks out maybe an OU from yes. getting in. So. So they do need to get some wins though. That's what you're telling I, us. Win- I mean,
0: if, if Skip is saying two, like you asked me the question, but if Skip's saying two, then that's that's, that's the what answer. my answer's yeah. gonna be.
2: Because Yeah, that makes sense. You know,
0: Coach Speak definitely exists and I'm not saying it does with Skip, but if the head coach is saying two wins, then he probably knows that yeah, it's in your best interest to get two wins. I did see that uh, OU quarterback commit Michael Hawkins Jr. What did he say, Parker, earlier this week, that he's going to be an early enrollee? Yes. And I, I just had the random thought to think way too far ahead. We, we know Dylan Gabriel's status. He technically has two more years of eligibility. Um, General Booty's on the roster. You've got Davis Bevel on the roster. What's the likelihood that Michael Hawkins Jr. freshman year that he's actually OU's backup quarterback behind only Jackson Arnold.
1: Man, that's a – well, I I have to check my work here because I was under the impression that Davis Bevel only had one year of eligibility left. Uh, It turns out he has two, which I didn't realize. Wait, no, am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. Okay, just fact-checked it. Davis Bevel actually does have two years of eligibility left, so – I don't, I don't know what you make of that, but that's a scholarship
2: that. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on just a second. I, I don't know why a Davis Bevel eligibility has anything to do with what the backup quarterback is. Did we not see this? We've already talked about it when we were trying to be optimistic. We saw the Oklahoma-Texas game. He couldn't complete a forward pass. We're not like in a world now where we've suddenly said Davis Bevel. Is our backup quarterback at any point, like the number of years of eligibility he has, has anything to do with his th- who's the backup quarterback? Yeah, I, no, I
0: if you no, supposed to be a starter somewhere, I wouldn't be shocked if he transfers it. To the okay,
2: Giants whatever. Guys. I don't have a. Or I what guess it, what I'm saying is I don't care about Davis Bevel. My point is Michael <laughs> Hawkins. <laughs> Michael Hawkins is going to be the backup quarterback, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I would. Take oh, am agree. I? Wait, wait a minute. No, you're acting like I'm saying something crazy. No, here. I'm not. What am I at saying? that's crazy you're, about you're, you're, this. No, he no, was terrible. He was absolutely horrible. 49 to nothing Tyler he couldn't well, complete a fourth re- pass. Dude. I remember. Yeah. You no, were there right? I, I mean was there. you walked out at the same time I did. No, you didn't cuz you had to stay and watch the whole thing cuz you had to talk about it. My point is what does that have to do with anything if he's even our like, our third-string quarterback, we should be concerned with the depth in the room, does, which he probably uh, is.
1: Does John have steam coming out of his ears right oh, now, Tyler? Is that what that is? Okay, I think so, that that's what that yeah, is. I, the only reason He's I brought up Davis
2: down. Bevel is because I was trying to
1: figure who else would be on the roster at the quarterback <laughs> position. It next doesn't spring. matter. So, you just, you just, look, it's I, triggering, Parker. It's triggering. I, listen, I'm with you. maybe Davis Bevel can go back to Pennsylvania and start at Gannon University or something. Yeah. But God no, bless he, him.
2: Good, I, good luck, son.
1: I think if Dylan Gabriel is gone... Next year, which, I mean, that's a fair expectation because it's Jackson Arnold's show in 2024, regardless of what other cast of characters you have at the quarterback position. I think the odds are actually pretty good that Michael Hawkins is your backup quarterback right off the bat as a true freshman. I don't know offhand who he would be competing. Like, if it's Davis Bevel and General Booty, I'm taking Hawk over both of those guys. Okay. but. You know, Thank if you. Bevel is out the window, if Booty has transferred, if you're down to just Arnold and Hawkins on the roster, I would imagine Oklahoma goes to the transfer portal to try and add at least one other experienced arm. So without knowing what the picture is going to look like when spring ball opens next March, I would say you have a probably 60-40 chance of Michael Hawkins being top two on the depth chart as a freshman.
0: It was just a random thought because the the thought is Jackson Arnold's gonna win a Heisman, Michael Hawkins he's good but he, he's not as good as Arnold or even Kevin Sperry who you have committed in 2025. However, like there's a chance that as a true freshman he could be one snap away from being your guy quarterback. You know, so it's just kind of interesting to think about from from that aspect. But but I do agree with Parker. I think that there's a chance that. If Bevel's gone, if Gabriel's gone, or if Bevel's even here, I don't want to upset John again, that they'll still there's still a decent chance that they go after a, a well, quarterback I think they, in the
2: portal. They probably have to anyway though, right? I mean, just to stay consistent with there's gonna be movement. We have to assume that there's movement. To, to assume that the transfer portal's not gonna occur is that's that's a little silly, right? So we've got to know that there's gonna be some transition going back and forth. Surely they're gonna bring in another arm. But I, I would think that Hawkins as as everything stood right now, I know Hawkins has another year to play. But if everything stood the same right now, it would be he would be the third string quarterback, wouldn't he? I mean, JFA is our second yeah. string quarterback, isn't he? This uh, is this is yes. a great yes. point
1: on the text line from a listener in the nine one eight. Didn't Booty already start over Hawkins at Allen? Fact check: that is true. General Booty <laughs> was a senior at Allen when Michael Hawkins was a freshman.
2: Uh oh. Was it the rumor that was it the rumor that Booty? got uh, like an eye infection or something during the in, during warm-ups of the texas don't game don't say pink no that was, that was, allergic i didn't say i said i said an eye infection because yeah it, it was me out too just to say that
1: it wasn't during warm-ups it was the day before and i guess he was like still having vision issues which is why he didn't take us like the plan and i believe this because i've been told this by multiple people that would know the plan was for booty to start that game Right. Absent the infection or the allergic reaction or whatever it was. So that is the reason he never touched the field that day. Uh, let's see. I like John. That's from the nine one
0: eight. Thank you. Thank Gutty you. He says, see, this is the stuff I love on the Boomer Bevo podcast. John tells it like it is, fellas. Florida Sooners says, it's a better chance that Dylan Gabriel is quarterback two when we go to the SEC than Davis Bevel. I don't know if this is the most um, interesting potential outcome of the season, but it's pretty high on my list. Let's say OU rolls off uh, an 11-1. and one. They win the Big 12. Incredibly
2: possible with this schedule. New,
0: York, uh, New Year's 6, playoff, like whatever. They have a really good season, um, exceed expectations, win 11 games. You know, you know all that. And Dylan Gabriel is the main reason why that happens. He didn't even have to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. But if Gabriel has a fantastic, I don't even know if you want to call it a breakout year, then what happens at quarterback in 2024? Is he off to the NFL draft? Is he back? And then he's in a battle with Jackson Arnold? Um, well, there, well, a, a lot of things have to happen there, for us to have that conversation, but there, it is interesting. There, like
2: is, there is positive precedent for something like that happening right look at the university of georgia the university of georgia has won two consecutive national championships with quarterbacks that are not elite right i mean they had josh fields on that roster and he couldn't start over that existing quarterback justin fields justin fields what i'm yeah. saying josh fields. yeah justin fields they so they there's a precedent for having a less than elite less than standout quarterback Running the show, I don't think we're there yet defensively to oh, be no, able. Oh no, of course not. So I think we need to pray that we have a different starter quarterback in a couple of years when we enter the SEC. Well, I would guess like th- this. Is there a chance though, to that textures point? Is there a chance that Gabriel would would come back for a or or would he? Could he potentially even transfer one more year?
0: I just I, I think that I think that's JFA is your starter year one in the SEC. I think Jackson Arnold's your guy. Parker, I don't know I don't know about you. I don't think that Gabriel comes back unless he knows for sure that he's the starter. And, and how can with, you know for sure that you, you're the you, starter you, you at can, that can. point? You can't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't. I don't know how good you'd feel about it.
1: Gunny of Stutzman Army on the text line says, I think the only way I could possibly like John Moore is if he got me more money on an insurance claim.
2: <laughs> Gunny, if you've got one, 735 5510 we'll hook you up.
0: <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I I think this is probably Gabriel's last year as a starter then he tries his luck in the NFL but maybe he does uh, transfer out somewhere. I don't know there's a lot of potential he, interesting does situations. Does he have any Do you
2: think he's an NFL prospect beyond just filling a roster?
0: Um like do I think he's going to be an NFL could, starter I, someday? Could or? he
2: start? Could he start in the NFL? I mean could could you put the over under at 5 so starts. So I think most people's
0: immediate reaction would be no yeah. and to to be honest like that is my initial reaction. However, I would just say this. I've seen a lot of bad starting quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> a lot of bad starting well, quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I here's, agree. In fact, yeah. I'm a Cowboys fan and I feel like my starting quarterback is bad uh, most weeks, well, here's, especially late in the season.
1: And here's what I would say. I think Dylan Gabriel is in a lot of ways the ideal backup quarterback in the NFL because I put him on the same plane as somebody like Stetson Bennett. Right? There's nothing about him that's going to blow you away, but he's smart. He understands how to play within himself and within the scheme. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to do what you need him to do, no more, no less, but he's going to give you adequate leadership and production at the quarterback position to be able to step into a situation where if he needed to be the starter at the NFL level – uh, he's not going to single-handedly lift a team to victory, but he's not going to cost you games either. So I could see Dylan Gabriel having a, like, legitimately, I could see him having a 10-, 12-year career in the NFL, mostly as a clipboard holder. And so if you want to put the over-under at five starts, I'd probably actually take the over, because at some point you're going to get thrust what, into action. Who's the, what who, Parker's who, saying is that if there's hope for Chase Daniel, there's exactly,
2: hope for everyone. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. If that's a Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess, I guess you're right from that standpoint. I mean, Landry Jones – was a backup for a lot of years, and did did fine. I I, That's probably a ceiling, though, right? I would have to think.
0: Yeah, I would guess so. The Recruiting Doomer says, aren't we supposedly bringing in another quarterback in this class? That was the rumor at one point. Is there still a thought that Samaj Jones could be in this class uh, by the end of it?
1: I mean, there's a thought. I don't think that, but there's a thought. Yeah. All right,
0: 405-651-3439. John has... Uh, Lit up the canippla Myers Chevrolet text line. Later on in the show, and I uh, I, I got him ready for this one, he's going to tell us uh, one good thing that's going on with OU football right now. We, we asked that earlier on and locked in. John's going to have an answer for us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, which I am uh, patiently awaiting. We'll get to more college football coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the home Sooner fans. It's the Rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live at Brown O'Haver, where John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, is joining us. Don't take it from me to listen to the Boomer Bevo podcast. Gunny's been telling you all day on the text line to go listen to the Boomer Bevo podcast, which I'm sure you appreciate. Well,
2: uh, yes, I absolutely do. And our biggest following is the K-Ref Army. Nice. Because uh, if anybody out there is listening and wondering where they can find the Boomer Bevo podcast, Anywhere your podcast is available. But as you know, Tyler, the best place to find it is on the KREF Potomatic page. We show up there every time we drop a new one. So, yeah, check us out, the Boomer Bevo Podcast, or wherever else you get your podcast.
0: Anyone taking OU-33 week one against Arkansas State? That's a, that's a pretty big number to, to roll out week one. I know Arkansas State's not very good, but OU-33 week one. Parker, which, which, uh, what's your early gut feel? Way too early on the opening season line.
1: Ooh, give me OU. I'll take OU at minus 33, no question. But that Arkansas State team is not good. They were not good last year, and they lost several of their – I don't even know if you can call them good players. Several of their more impactful players they lost, including their starting quarterback, James Blackman. So, yeah, I would take OU to win that game by greater than 33 points. Although I do think – the line was OU minus thirty three for last year's opener against UTEP, and they ended up winning that game by thirty two
2: points. So yep,
0: yeah, I lost that one.
2: Yeah, but if you think Go about figure. if you think about Oklahoma and Arkansas, Ar- did you say Arkansas State? right? Yep. If you heard the score forty three ten, you would be, I would be very disappointed. I'd be like, this <laughs> is terrible. From
0: the ten side or the forty three side, both. Or, or both, both. Okay,
2: like this. Well, I mean, maybe that. This needs to be like a. It's
0: probably going to be the worst team that you play this year. Yeah. This so you want it to look it extremely needs to be a, It needs to
2: be a 59 to, to 10 kind of game. Well, and thing, and I know? would
0: think that there's, you know, some real initiative to come out of the gate. And I know they came out of the gate strong last year, but. You know, they, they've been feeling the pressure all offseason. They know how important this is. I, I would think, I would hope that this team would come out week one against maybe the uh, worst team that they're going to play all year long and, and put up a, a large number, this is, I would hope.
2: This is a better football team than, than we had last year, and we did start out strong. So you would expect to start out stronger w- with a better team.
0: LSU minus two and a half against Florida State.
2: Oh, what a great game.
0: That is the, the game what of the week in game. week one, that Sunday, that Sunday night's. I am um, – I don't know. I I think two, I think both of those teams – like, I think they're both going to be good. Now, LSU, the favorite in the SEC West, I don't know if I'm ready to go there. Florida State and legit, like, going to make the college football playoff, not ready to go there. We'll kind of find out in this game who's legit. Um, Parker, I don't know about you, I might lean towards LSU in this game. I lean Probably it. by a field goal. It's going to be a close
1: one. I think LSU gets revenge because, as you'll recall – Jaden Daniels drove LSU 99 yards, presumably to tie that game with no time left last fall, only for his kicker to get the extra point blocked and for Florida State to waltz off the field with a one-point victory. So I think with that little bit of added motivation, the Tigers get it done. I'm really high on Florida State in 2023. I really am. I think that's a team that can knock on the door of a playoff berth if everything falls their way, but I think that has to start – with a week one victory over LSU, I favor the Tigers in that game, though.
2: Is, is that another neutral site game?
1: Well, it's in
0: Orlando, so... Well, I mean, it, it'll probably feel that way. I was about to say it's closer to Tallahassee, but LSU will bring a ton LSU fans, fans to will Orlando. Travel. The,
2: yeah. the, the, I, and you, if you can remember that game, LSU had had two field goals blocked. Mm-hmm. It was a
0: terrible special teams game from there. It was
2: a terrible special teams game, and by, if, when you were watching it live, you're saying, nobody's going to stop...
0: Jane Daniels. Jaden
2: Daniels. Just run just run him one more play. You win this game in in um regulation. So yeah, absolutely I I don't know. LSU's look they they're both very similar teams, right? Upward trajectory, coaches with a lot of you know momentum, things like that. I, I, I like them both.
0: For Florida State's sake, I, I hope that they're right about Mike Norvell. I, I really do. Um they gave him a, an extension in the offseason which I said, hold on guys, just get through this year before you do that. Now he has an estimated buyout of fifty-six million dollars currently.
2: So half of Jimbo's. <laughs> so half of Jimbo's buyout.
0: Uh, let's see. So Mike Norvell's is an estimated fifty-six million for his buyouts. Jim Harbaugh is thirty-five point four million currently. You have Jimbo at eighty-six point seven million dollars as of de- December first of last year. Eighty-six point seven. Mark Stoops has an estimated buyout of seventy-eight million. Woo.
2: Seventy-eight million now, for the coach of Kentucky.
0: Kentucky is uh, pretty confident. Mark Stoops—that's their guy. They're all in. Seventy-eight million for Mark Stoops. Dang.
2: See, real quick, let's just take. Let's think about that just for a second, okay? Everybody talks about the SEC, right? And rightfully so. We're excited to be. a to part. To my of, knowledge,
0: yes, they. Do. We are
2: excited to be a part of the SEC. Like this is where it's supposed to be. These are the best games, best players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got a team – well, you've got two teams, really, if you th- think about A&M, but they're on – we know the problems with A&M. But you think about Kentucky, and and we like Mark Stoops, right? He's Bob's brother, the whole deal. We're going to root for him. They're not a bad fan base, yada, yada, yada. What's their best record?
0: Uh, I think he had a – did he have a 10-win season recently, oh, maybe? A 10-win
2: season, and you've rewarded him to the point – with you, where he's got a seventy-five million dollar that, buyout, that's just
0: got to be one of those where he's going to get a bigger and better opportunity somewhere that's not a basketball job. Uh, but so that, it's just but that just down. speaks
2: to their, that just speaks to their psyche when it comes to football. That we can't do any better. We can <laughs> the, As good as we can do is Mark Stoops at ten and two on his absolute best year uh parker what's
0: the biggest sin of all of these buyouts i know not all of them are created equal is it neil brown at west virginia with a 17 million dollar buyout is it mel tucker at michigan state with an (laughs) 86.8 million dollar buyout oh my god yes that's the the answer
1: to that is yes okay i won't even read anymore you don't don't even need to continue (laughs) it's mel tucker because i I, okay reading it do listen I am not validating Texas A&M's decision to make Jimbo Fisher's buyout as high as it is, but what I am saying is Jimbo Fisher is at the very least a guy that has actually won a national championship as a college football head coach. Mel Tucker had one win, or I'm I'm sorry, not one win, but one year of double-digit wins at Michigan State, and the folks up there in the administration were like, let's pay him $90 bucks. Make it make sense. I cannot. $9.5
0: million a year. For Mel Tucker, $9.5 a, a year. He's one of the highest paid head coaches in college sports, and he has an $87 million buyout. Oh, yeah, you're right, Parker. Jimbo's contract is bad. At least he won a national championship one time.
2: At you know least what, though? he had
0: the number one class, I guess. But that Mel Tucker deal is just...
2: But real quick, though, just just consider this offensive stat from Jimbo since Jameis Winston, and when did they win that? They won it in 2013. 20, and then they or did, wait, 14. No, 13, and he had him another year, right? Okay, and yeah, so
0: they won it in 13, and they, the first year Oregon, the playoff was 14. And they, so they lost yes, to Oregon yeah.
2: in the playoff. Since Jameis Winston, he has not had a quarterback that has averaged over 200 yards passing and plus 60% completion percentage in the same year.
0: Well, I was led to believe he's the quarterback whisperer. That's my right? point.
2: That's <laughs> It's insane. But that still gets you $86 million in a buyout. Unbelievable.
0: Golly. Mel Tucker just continued to sabotage it up there at East Lansing. Which, by the way, Michigan State is playing Penn State Black Friday night game at Ford Field in Detroit. Isn't that weird? They're that playing is weird. The, the Lions. Why would you
2: want to do that? I have
0: no idea, man. That's like one of your premier home games if you're Michigan State. You're playing them at Ford Field in Detroit? Odd. Oh,
2: that's so Don't odd. Don't love
0: that. I don't, I don't like it at all. Well, I mean, I don't really care, honestly, but for Michigan State, I, I don't love giving away one of your premium home games to put it at Mel Tucker. Quarter, 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 Mel Tucker side. doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You <laughs> we'll, said $86.8 million. I'll That's do what whatever you, you want. We'll okay. play wherever you want to play. And I get all of that if I'm fired without cause? Yeah, we'll, we'll go play wherever you want. It don't Perfect. matter. 405-651-3439, Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Whitmore College Football next right here on The Ref. Live at Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, give them a call. Tyler McComas, it is Parker Thune, it is John Whitson as well with you until 6 p.m. And OU Baseball, Bedlam Baseball, set to get underway in just a few minutes, 4 p.m. First pitch, it's the number two seed Oklahoma State against number seven seed OU. The winner of that game will play the winner of tonight's game, the nightcap West Virginia and Texas Tech. Still crazy to me that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have won the last two national championships and neither made it to the SEC tournament. Didn't qualify. Last two national champs. Didn't even make it to Hoover for their conference tournament. A little bit crazy there.
1: Uh, Wasn't (laughs) Ole Miss... Ole Miss was the last team in the field. I think so. For for regionals last year. I'm fairly certain.
0: That... Yeah, the last at-large team, I think. I, I think that that's right, but still weird that Ole Miss couldn't find a way to uh, to make it to the conference tournament this year Georgia has another arrest this offseason. that happened last night that's a uh, it's a pretty tough look currently for the Georgia Bulldogs and apparently Joe Castiglione I, I totally missed this um, Parker apparently according to on three Josie prefers the nine game SEC schedule as opposed to the uh, what one seven model that's being thrown out there like it love it hate it.
1: The nine game does that mean three regular three, opponents? And, yeah. yeah. Oh yes, I feel like we all prefer that, don't we?
0: Except the Isn't smaller schools, for? and now and now Nick Saban's backtracking a little bit. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe oh, the eight gosh. game SEC schedule would be. Come messed. on, Nick.
1: And you know Nick runs college football, so Nick's going to get what he wants.
2: Uh, the thought of playing only eight conference games just seems so asinine that we go to this super big time league and we only get. Eight of the games. It just is nuts. And we throw another Arkansas State on there. It's just, it's not, it's crazy town.
0: Yeah, I don't want to see OU signs a 10-year deal to play Arkansas State no. every single season. Absolutely
2: like not. It, you know, I mean, if we did that, if we played Arkansas State for like 100 years, we'd probably beat them like 91 times out of 100 years. Only
0: 91 Maybe. out of 100?
2: Yeah. I would think? hope it
0: would be 100 out of 100
2: against Arkansas Well, I mean, Arkansas I think State. about the other lopsided you know, teams that we've played over a hundred years. And what, Bedlam? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have they
2: won 91
0: out of 100? It's been, it's, been it's been it? pretty close. All right. Uh, hour number two of the rush coming up next. So OU softball, OU football on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref.